we work to buy assets that are selling off market for a reason. They aren't ready for prime time. They weren't managed that way. They weren't, uh, they weren't prepared for that. And then we work to make them market ready so that an auction be, can be created and they can be sold on market. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. So I was recently reading the Howard Marks memo, his most recent memo selling off. And it was summarizing, it was kind of this idea of when is the right time to sell and how you look at selling, when do you exit a position. And I think it's important that we talk a little bit about how we look at selling, how we look at exiting a position. Yeah. And before we kind of get down into the asset level, which which should really be what this subject is about, I think it's worth adding a little bit of framing on markets because our philosophy is not around entering and exiting markets. Our philosophy is not around the timing of, well, when do I go big in Austin and when do I pull back and when do I move over into Memphis? We take more of a philosophical, a long-term approach to a market, which is we believe that a market we're operating in has long-term tailwinds and we can work through the cycles in that market. Part of that goes around this idea that we believe one of our most important competitive advantages is that we have scale in the market, that we are one of the most active participants in the market. And so as we move into new markets, we really are making kind of a long-term bet on that market. So, so there isn't really a when do we sell out of a market. So instead what we talk about is when do we sell, when's the right time to sell for a given asset? Mm-hmm. You want to speak a little bit? To sure. That? I think I, for starters, I think we have to state that we're value add players. The question is, uh, where are our margins of safety and what are our goals? Our goal mm-hmm. is to deliver uh, incredible IRR, certainly a 15 to 20 percent internal rate of return mm-hmm. uh, within a three to five year hold. And uh, to do that, we need to go in and add value and move on. Mm-hmm. We may hold for a little bit, but we're not macro players. We're not, um, we certainly have an opinion about the macro environment. We have an opinion about the micro environment. That's our jobs. Um, but our biggest margin of safety is our ability to go in and turn leases, uh, enhance the asset and turn leases within our hold period and to exit, uh, you know, at, at, at the most favorable time. Well, and I, I uh, going back to the the market timing aspect, um, I often say that value we view value add space as actually the least risky in this sense that there's you know there's three um, areas of investing there's the kind of core stabilized there's value add which is kind of perceived as in the middle and then there's development or opportunistic and with core stabilized you are 100% betting on the market. And market timing is really important because if you buy high, then you have to ride through the next down before you get somewhere. You're not adding value. You're just, you're buying based on market appreciation. And on development or opportunistic, their market timing is make or break. If you time the market well, you do extremely well. But because of long development cycles and things like that, if you time the market wrong, you have uh, you know, a lot greater downside. We're in that middle value add space, which 
since we're adding value, we should be able to navigate, and we have been able to navigate through any market cycle because we're more dependent on the value add play than we are on the you know the market timing. Yeah. So when do we decide to sell? I I, I would start by saying this is um, there is some science to this, and there is some instinct to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hard to tell when markets are fully cresting or when interest rates are about to rise. We sold some assets at the end of last year uh, when there hadn't been announcements yet about interest rate increases, which would affect valuation. But mm-hmm. we had an instinct that the market was high and some of the assets that we had added value to already were getting a lot of interest and we decided to, to sell a few. Personally, mm-hmm. I think that it, it there's safety in being a buyer and being a seller sort of at all times. You don't know how you're about to get hit or when. So always always buying and always selling, especially when you're buying with a, with a value-add plan and you're selling things that have already had value Fully added baked. to them, yep. creates uh, safety. You're harvesting and you're investing. So Whole, Wholesale buyer, retail seller. <laughs> right. So on the multifamily side, we have uh, my experience so far, and I think yours too, is there's somewhere around that uh, 30 to 50% of the value add uh, rents, leases that have been turned and rents that have been brought to market. Somewhere in there is your greatest, uh, most effective use of capital. You've, you've enhanced enough of the units to prove out your business plan, but you haven't fully deployed all that capital, but you're still going to get paid through cap rate uh, for the part of the work you the business done. plan you, you've proven out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say on on multi, a small bay, multi-tenant industrial, that's uh, similar as well. Although I would think that more often we do fifty to sixty percent of mm-hmm. the of the value add there. Mm-hmm. But you, usually the first part happens more quickly, and you can create value more quickly by uh, proving out, enhancing the entire asset, especially yeah. on the exterior, and then proving out the value add business plan yeah. at, as leases roll over uh, for the first third through the second third. Yeah, and, and on a quarterly basis during our investment committee meeting, we review asset by asset, talk about what the duration of that asset looks like when it's gotten to what we believe to be kind of full stabilized or enough stabilized that it potentially has a market exit. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it really asset by asset uh, is is the is the right answer to when when exactly we sell? Well, back to the wholesale and retail environment. We try we work to buy assets that are selling off market for a reason. They aren't ready for prime time. They weren't managed that way. They weren't uh, they weren't prepared for that. And then we work to make them market ready so that an auction be, can be created and they can be sold on market. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how we create value. Yeah, and one of the biggest uh, tests of that is, is this a property that can have kind of a fully marketed, fully bidded process? Yeah. Because if there's hair on the deal, if, good example, we have an asset that we purchased that was built in 2008 and we purchased it in 2019 and one floor of that asset had never been built out. It was still in shell condition. We knew as a part of that business plan, it doesn't matter if we get to full occupancy on the remainder of the space. If that floor hasn't been built out, that's a that's an explainer. That's a, well, you know, here's the business plan. We got all this done, but. Yeah. And our, our goal ultimately is that 
when we're bringing an asset to market, there's no buts. There's no explainers. This is a de-risk it. Yeah, a de-risked asset that is clean, that has a either a compelling forward business plan or the business plan has already been worked and it's a stabilized cash flowing asset. So when do we sell? We sell when we've substantially added value and we believe there's enough market interest to hold an auction and to sell at, at a high, a very high price. Yep. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investors tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.